This is episode 39 of Doc Fermento Discovers the World. Here, I enjoyed a second meeting with Aaron Pearl, my coffee shaman. Aaron has started doing stand-up comedy, it appears each time we revisit Aaron he will be up to something new. I really think Aaron is an awesome guy and doing the things that make me envious, not often I say that. So this episode is purely for the entertains, I hope you get some. Thanks for listening. Your friend, Brian. Doc Fermento. Please go and get a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash docfermento. This episode is located at askbrian.com slash thepodcast slash 39. There you will find show notes and affiliate links for your shopping delights. I really appreciate all the love and support. Very gracious thanks this week to Melissa. See, you can buy love. Like the teacher from like the you know late '80s Motley Crue video. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and not even that really. I don't know. Whatever. I haven't looked in one of these in forever. So you're doing a you're in comedy, the comedy tour now. Yeah, that's cool, man. It's been what fun. brought that on? Um, there's actually a friend of mine, Mary, who. We were uh, we were talking. We were having a drink one night, and she was telling me how she wanted to try doing stand up, and how she really wanted me to do it with her. You know, we've known each other for a long time, yeah. and, and uh, she said that I was, you know, I was really funny, and yeah, we could do it together <laughs> right. and all that. And I was like, I got too much going on for that. I don't think, you know, I'll come see you, yeah. but it's not for me right now, and. Uh, she somehow still managed to plant the seeds, so like days and weeks were passing. I'm like, you know, I should do some comedy. <laughs> so well, did you go first? It happened. Yeah, I did actually. She, yeah, I, I I wound up doing anything before she did. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I so, but she's doing stuff now too, so that's cool. cool. Um, yeah, she did some kind of. Uh, they've got this like workshop, three week workshop or something like that. that they do. Uh, and they do a showcase at the Improv, so she did that uh, recently. So maybe a few weeks ago or a month ago, she, I, saw, I saw her do the showcase. And then she's been doing some of the open mics around um, that I do now. That's cool. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah? Has it? It's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's like, I don't know, I, I, I suppose any kind of endeavor has... It's sort of peaks and valleys and, you know, everything like that, but... Especially performance. Performance, yeah, performance is particularly pronounced, you know. The same thing, like, poker is one of my hobbies. It's kind of the same thing in poker. Like, you have a good night, night, you feel fantastic. You know, you have a bad night, you feel like shit. So, and it's the same... Do you usually feel good going in and then it's good, or can it vary? You It can vary. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it can vary, because... I mean, so, you know, the fact that even though you can have an edge, like in poker, it's still, it's, you know, it's still luck. There's still some luck involved. 
yeah, and I think right. um, I mean not that not that it's the exact same thing with comedy but I think you can you can go in there with a plan and feeling good and, uh-huh. and then things just don't work or yeah, yeah. try something to work before it doesn't work with yeah, this particular well, crowd yeah you have the audience so it's not just you yeah <laughs> you, know, you might have the worst audience yeah yeah what are you bringing what's your material right now <laughs> uh, past pain or yeah something? The, the biggest source of my material is probably like my my personal past things things that have happened stories amusing stories you know relating to things that have happened to me um that's a great place to start because they're your stories right you don't have to worry about is this someone else's material it's yours right even if the joke's been told in some other way it's still your story no one can take that or yeah yeah i feel it's very personal so yeah you definitely can't be looked at as ripping somebody off right But I guess eventually I'll have to kind of become more observational. You know, I mean, my stories are only going to last so yeah. long, I suppose, I mean, and then then start like turns into more my yeah. perspective, my yeah. way of looking at the world. There's plenty of time, you know, just, that'll just develop. I, I would imagine over time, or you could just tell the same stories for 15 years. If people, <laughs> people want to hear them, who cares? Yeah, right. They keep getting funnier and tweaked, and sure, but um. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm, I always have a tendency to want things to happen quickly, and I know, just like yeah. most most things, you know, it's not like I'm going to take up the piano today and be an expert, right, right. you know, in, in a matter of months, and so right. I think the same is true, you know, I, I've watched some documentaries recently, I watched this documentary called Comedian, which was, um, they followed uh, Jerry Seinfeld around after, after he had the show the show ended and then he was going to return to comedy okay but he wanted to start from scratch he didn't want to use any of his old stuff right um and so it was just him like making you know sort of following him around making this return it's a long and he's a seasoned comedian and it was a long process to develop an act right you know like four months into this thing he's like i feel like i've got a good 10 minutes now (laughs) 10 minutes come on really yeah wow yeah, so it's like, that's what people have been telling me. They're like, you know, after you've been doing this for maybe a year, you'll feel solid about a few of your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, I know. You know, I listen to um, Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, yeah. But he said, yeah, for first five years, is it's just, you're nothing. You're no good. You're just, you're garbage. And that's it. That's just the fact. This is the yeah. way it is. He's, you know, it's a very rare person who can get anything going before that. Two to five, uh, five year right. period. And That's crazy because it's wow. I've, I've never done it, but it's a long time to dedicate yourself. To That's something. a long time. Yeah, especially when you're not getting paid. Yeah, right. Yeah, most of that's just developing the craft, you know. And yeah, doing open mics and writing. And my wife's been telling me she's been listening to Pandora. Mm-hmm. There comedy icons yeah that's awesome uh, so she listens to it work because she has a problem with one of her work mates mm-hmm. she can't talk to this person even though they're yeah. in like a broom closet together <laughs> so she just puts on the earbuds and listens to that comedy icons she loves it she said it's just fantastic that's the coolest thing that they uh, started doing that because you know it, it, she um, said and some of the stuff isn't that old there's like newer Louis C.K. from like 2011 yeah like absolute is, icon recent, you know? yeah but still like that's a thing. Louis C.K. is my favorite comedian. Yeah. And I almost feel like 
you know, like I'm jumping on the bandwagon to say that, and then I feel like you know it I'm like trying you to laugh pull more some, than anyone else. If I'd be like, no, you don't, but I've liked him for years, oh, right, right. you know, yeah, and then I just seem like a stupid hipster I knew or whatever. Before. Right, right. Yeah, right. I watched his old show, you right. know, but whatever. But he's incredible, you know. And seriously, like probably, I would venture to say, the best comedian of all time. Yeah. Like yeah. I, will, I, will, I will put myself out wow. there and say that. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you know, there's a lot up, up it's there. It's tough because everything is in its time. Like, if you were to watch Eddie Murphy Raw right now, he'd be like, this is lame. I, I did but, that recently. Really? I started watching, and there's some really good bits, but there's some but stuff that's really then, like... It was like, the, it was outrageous and oh, amazing. Yeah. And now you're like, what the fuck? That's, <laughs> that doesn't... Well, when he's doing, yeah, very homophobic and, you know, like, stuff. He's doing, it like, his Mr. Gay Mr. T thing and Yeah, all I mean, that, the thing is, know? I haven't seen it in 20 years. Okay. I'm just imagining. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know the bits. Like, when I remember it the is. cheeseburger thing, like, his mom made a homemade cheeseburger and it had all stuff in it. And right. Then, uh, whatever. I vaguely remember that, I think. <laughs> I could be from another one of those yeah. shows. But, yeah, it does, like, you go back and watch some stuff and it's it seems pretty dated. Um... Even if just the, like just a sort of social environment, the cultural environment, you know, it's like things that are okay to say oh, and things right, that right, aren't. Right. Like I said, like a a lot in like going back and like looking at Delirious, I'm like it almost made me a little bit uncomfortable, okay. like in how sort of like not sensitive he was to certain topics. Yeah. I'm like, man, people. Would, but but then on the other side of that coin, like recently, I don't know if you know the thing about like. With Daniel Tosh, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with, with, like, the making the woman uncomfortable with the rape thing and all yeah. that. Like, so on the other side of that, it's like, well, why can't you just say whatever the hell you want? I don't know. It, it's, it, it's a tough issue. No matter what someone says, there'll be someone there to defend them. No matter what. Yeah, yeah. But there always is a limit. Because, yeah, you can incite violence and against an individual in your Crowd. That could be potentially yeah. a problem, but I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not judging him. I haven't even. I don't care. What yeah. I don't know nothing yeah. about the guy. I only heard about it in like through Joe Rogan's podcast yeah. a little right. bit. You see it on Twitter. Someone screaming about it and someone defending it, and I just kind of. I don't know. I don't yeah. really have an opinion. I don't care. I think if 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 uh, yeah, it's and it's the same thing with free speech. You know, free speech isn't totally free. You're not free to incite someone to violence or you know the yeah, scream fire in a crowded right, theater right, kind of thing you know right thing, yeah. so I guess it's the same but you know the question is is this just something that is offensive because of the language or is it really inciting someone to do an act of violence and I think clearly yeah. it's not like in you know yeah. in, 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 in that context so it's just is it rude outrageous outlandish yeah. offensive yes and, but then don't and you have the option of not, not going, going and now he's building his reputation on that and he has to take that forward he's yeah. carrying that forward I don't know his position if he's backed off defended himself or just said fuck it that's me he seemed to give like a half ass apology like almost so he like he couldn't tell if it was tongue in cheek or not he should just either roll forward either completely <laughs> give in sort of or just roll forward with it because well he, and it's not like unexpected from this guy it's not like someone like Bill Cosby came out and said something like yeah, this right. you know what I mean like this guy is known for his like okay. offensive, somewhat racist, somewhat chauvinistic humor. Okay, you know. So. All I know is my wife said she's he's one of the best on that channel. The Daniel Tosh now, yeah, or you, Louis C.K. Uh, no, she loves it. No, Louis C.K. is yeah. her top. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the differential is massive. Right. He's, he's 
he's you know the top of the curve but you know Daniel Tosh and uh, I don't know whoever else she is yeah. but she said Louis C.K. just literally she has to stop working pull the earplugs out uh, your so earbuds focus. and sometimes she'll just like she uses a steam iron because she's uh-huh. a tailor okay. she'll just hit the steam because it's really loud like <laughs> she just <laughs> belly laughs just to that's, try to hide it awesome. <laughs> yeah he's great um, I mean I saw him years ago when back when we lived in San Mateo or whatever one time I just mm-hmm. saw one of his specials and I was like I'm so sad I never went into comedy just because the, to know that that's possible that you can talk about your everyday stuff and be that fucking funny like I'm not saying I'm as funny as uh, yeah, yeah. but the idea that that potential exists like it to spin it like the as the opposite would be like Jerry Seinfeld you know do you ever notice whatever reality joke versus what Louis C.K. does is yeah like apples and oranges and well because I think the the main difference um Seinfeld seems to be an observational comic in but he turns he turns his sort of focus out on things in the world mm-hmm. where I think like Louis C.K.'s focus seems to be a lot more on himself and his interactions with the world. Insecurities, yeah. fears, and he's just unashamed. I mean, just shameless. It's. I think that's actually what the name of it. Is There's one, one called Shameless. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah, I should check out more of his stuff. I know he's done that insane marketing thing where he's just like giving his shit away for five bucks and mm-hmm. online and beating the man at his own game. Which I don't. It's hard to say if um, you know, is is he only able to do that because he's at a certain oh, level where that's going to work? Oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, um, but it's a, fantastic a that he's able to do that. Could give his shit away for free, and it would get no run. It's just the way it works. Yeah, it's right. Just, like everyone holds up this Amanda Palmer for her mm-hmm. Kickstarter campaign, where she, you know, who she is. Mm-mm. I don't know, fucking out if I even care about her. But <laughs> she raised some outrageous amount of money on a Kickstarter for her next album. Okay. And I mean, I'm talking an insane amount of money, like a million or like something for a music album. Yeah. Okay. And she only did that because she's wildly famous in that her community or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know who she's married to or whatever, but she's <laughs> she's known right and beloved by people who love her. Yeah, you know, and everyone's holding that up as look how great Kickstarter is. It's like no, look how fucking famous she is. Right, that's what it is. It, you know, especially since this is material that's not yet released mm-hmm. this is just on faith full faith and credit of her talents so that's obviously just fame pushing that forward yeah right so for every one of those how many you know artists uh, have tried uh, to do a yeah, kickstarter absolutely. campaign for their album and yeah. didn't make the nothing. cut nothing nothing at all yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, uh, I mean the, the crowdsourcing things it's got it's ups and downs I mean it you know it does give everyone this false sense that you know put it out there well, it's like and our, you'll just immediately well, get support for it so does our economy our economy is yeah. filled with <laughs> false hope in the sense of That's just true. work hard and <laughs> nose to the grindstone and right. you know think positive <laughs> don't let them get don't let the bastards get you down 
<laughs> you come out on top. All of a sudden, you're George fucking Westinghouse. <laughs> Industrial icon because you worked hard. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> no. But. Not always. But yeah, Pandora's been awesome for that because I've, I've gotten to listen to some comics that I haven't really listened to before because uh, they do they do the same thing with comedians that they do with music now. We don't just necessarily have to listen to a station. Like, you can pick a comic that you like. Oh, okay. And then they'll play similar, similar stuff. To the comic? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Which is very good. Just, like mu- you know, just like the music service. And then it just figures itself out based on pluses, thumbs ups and thumbs right. down. Yeah. yeah. I've never really... And you can sort of train it a little bit. Much. Yeah. I love Pandora. I think I skipped I think it because great. of the commercials. I couldn't handle the commercials. Right. But I'm in awesome not looking for anything new, and I already have all the music I like. So, but I did try Spotify for a while. I thought it was decent. Um, I didn't pay for any premium. I never pay. Like I right. pay for the premium, but just to try it, it seemed okay. It's a little different, you know. I think. I mean. Pandora is a little bit better of like a radio service where Spotify is probably a better service to allow you to, you know, kind of like have your music in the your cloud stuff. or whatever. Oh, yeah, you yeah. want to play, you're, you you want to listen to a particular song yeah. as opposed to you just want to be played music yeah. that you'll probably like. Probably you like, know? yeah. Party, perfect for a party atmosphere. Yeah. That's like what I do on my iTunes now. I discovered the Genius button on mm-hmm. iTunes. It makes really good playlists. Sure. It's got a good algorithm for figuring out. I mean, how hard is it, really? But it does. Yeah. It actually works, and it's, it's not bad. <laughs> it's, I'll, I'll do that with people that have such large music collections, you know, and they'll like they'll like put on their genius playlist or something like you know along those lines. And oh, man, this is a really good song. I really like this song. Like, well, yeah, it's your it's music. <laughs> That's right. You know it came mean? out of your own library. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love all these books in this library. Yeah, it's so- your fucking den. <laughs> such great books here. <laughs> such great music. I gotta hang out with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love myself. I love my taste. Yeah, I have I great have such taste, good taste in everything. Oh, I- <laughs> My music, my books. Look at my bookmarks on my browser. <laughs> I love my websites that I love. <laughs> but it is kind of cool because you'll get into like a you know you'll get in a rut. You'll be listening to particular things. If you do have a big music collection, yeah. you will hear songs that maybe you wouldn't have. Yeah, picked, I do. You I know, just, to I play like, in a long mm-hmm. time, and they oh yeah, this one, and especially when it's just one song. Like, yeah. I don't want to listen to an Allman Brothers album. Trust me. Right. I do not. <laughs> it's one of the last things in the world I want to do. Do that and go to Hawaii. Those are two. No, no, no. desire to do Right. Okay. Why, why not? I wouldn't go to that place if for free. No? No. Why? Sand? Beach? Water? Ocean? No. You don't like sand? None of that stuff? No, no. You're a city city guy? Not even that. No. I don't know. I just don't want to be anywhere near sand. Hate it. No, no Any particular reason? Well, I'm afraid of water. Okay. I would never go in the water. And it's hot as fuck. And I hate the heat. I hate the sun. It's just a few reasons. Are you afraid of water for, like, just a, like, you'll drown or mm. kind of thing? Or is it, like, yeah. a bacteria thing? No, or, no, no. Just the, just just the, the you can't breathe it yeah. thing. Yeah. You can't breathe underwater thing. I've always been like that, like shower with my back to the shower head. Like I don't even, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. 
Never could There's swim. A, that'd be aquaphobia. Is that what it's called? Do you know? No idea. I don't, it's not hydrophobia. I think that's rabies. Huh. But yeah, I don't know. I would probably take a free trip to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that I'd pay I'd say for that, but yeah, I would find something else to do. If it came with like <laughs> helicopter tours over volcanoes. Like, right, yeah, right, right. I'm in. Yeah, that's cool. But. I haven't gotten to go anywhere very cool in a long time. Neither have I. We made that trip out here, me and my son mm-hmm. drove, and my wife and the other kids flew. But that, that was two and a half years ago or so, two years ago. I haven't done anything since then. Been nowhere. Been to the east side. <laughs> the east side of Cleveland. Pack up the kids. We're gonna. No, leave them at home. I'm going on oh, my okay. own. Just in case. If I don't call, if I don't come back, just tell my mom I love her. <laughs> it's funny. There's people like people who have um, moved here that aren't familiar with the area. Like, don't really know about the whole very pronounced east side west side divide. It's right. Kind of. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, there's that inner east side. That's the bad. Then there's the Far east side, it's all the high end. It's not the stuff. Yes, please. So there's that aspect. Like it depends on what you're talking about. East side, you know? right? It's one fifty sixth, or are we talking Pepper Pike, or I don't yeah, know, whatever yeah. town, Chardon, or whatever out that way. Yeah, it's um. We're talking the Rolling Hills and pastoral land. One fifty six. Urban decay. Yeah, I did a. My buddy Maurice was in town, and I did um, some uh, urban gardening things with him. He taught at some schools and our libraries, I should say. And it was on the, it was the east side, like one one fifty six ish or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different fucking world. It just ain't right. It's sort of rough. I mean, I feel like my neighborhood's pretty rough, but yeah, yeah, it is. There's um, there's definitely some places that are worse over there. I like because I've ridden my bike around. I remember um, it was a I don't know maybe a month or two ago. I rode my bike to the Quite Road Farmers Market from your house. Mm-hmm. That's on the east side. Right? That's a pretty good bike. Yeah, I mean ride. it's not. It, I think it's not as far as a lot of people. I mean you know maybe like. Between ten and fifteen miles. Okay, that's twelve. So it's like, so, yeah, it's, okay. it's pretty. Yeah, it was a nice ride, um, and uh, it was really nice for most of the way because I guess they had just repaved St. Clair, so it's actually a really nice smooth ride, like better than a lot of the roads I'm used to. Yeah. Um, but I mean, some of the some of the state of the buildings and things like that, like storefronts. I mean, like literally caved in yeah. like falling down yeah. caved in yeah. windows missing just holes of and then anything standing is completely buildings. boarded like yeah. if it's in decent shape it's boarded up to try to protect it right somewhat right. yeah it, I mean there's some I really I was shocked when I was over there I went to that market last yeah. year or the gateway one or early the, this year earlier this year quite or quite, gateway over quite. okay yeah mm-hmm. and I was just like holy shit which I you know I love quite, and quite road market is awesome I must have went um, too early in the year. There was no one there. Oh, uh, okay. There was no, there was nothing there. Yeah. One person with baked goods, and no. Before a lot of the nothing. produce came in, and there was nothing. So, yeah, I know they're picking up now. Looks like they got they got quite. Well, a right now is the time of the year, right? It's the hot yeah. time. Yeah. How's it going for you with the coffee? Good. Is it? Do you sell out? Could you 
could you grow more? What, what do you need <laughs> more customers or more volume or? Uh, probably they a little bit go hand in hand in a way because okay. I think there's um, you get to a point sort of a critical mass with the roaster that I have, you know. Right. Um, so I can only do so much, particularly considering all this other shit that I'm taking on. Um, you know, with te- teaching starting again next week, and then the comedy stuff that I'm doing now, and so I mean, to prepare for a market takes a good four hours, and then you know, four hours at the market kind of thing. So I mean, that's that's a day. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so if you you know, I'm doing a couple of those right now, and to do much more. I, you know, I yeah, couldn't, I couldn't do some of the other time, things. Right? So yeah, unless you're making some volume, right? And that's why really, you, yeah. If you do volume. volume, you get a bigger roaster or something like that. Yeah. And you can do well. I'll cut your workload down too, because now instead of taking four hours to roast my coffee for a market, and then four hours for another market, I could roast all my coffee for both markets in probably an hour. Yeah, that you know, and that's a significant difference. That's a pretty substantial investment yeah yeah yeah, yeah I had no is. idea until I looked those up on eBay right Just I just started there 10,000 10, entry 12, level yeah. yeah for entry level stuff, shit yeah and they go up to the sky from there I see those ones that are in the actual like the big arm in a giant freaking drum like the size of a living room right I see no I'm like how much is that shit like Holy shit! Yeah, Maybe once they get so big, the costs don't keep going up. Like, right? Yeah, it's probably not like a you know a thirty pound roaster isn't necessarily double the cost of a fifteen pound right, roaster right. kind of thing. But there's a couple I know. Loop has their uh, their roaster in the window uh, down in Tremont. There's a coffee shop called Loop. Okay. And they've got their roaster in the window. You can sort of see it. Um, I guess not in action much anymore more um, I think they roast ap- you know after hours a-, a lot of the places that have the roasters in the shop they'll roast after hours because just the noise the and the noise and, yeah you know yeah. Uh, it's a bit much the smell well. is a bit much Even, yeah the smell too I yeah, mean if you a have a good ventilation system then that's <laughs> not the gonna be just the coffee in the place alone is it's a nice atmosphere but the roasting is right. a bit over the top yeah it's they a should different... just do a little one maybe <laughs> yeah it's a different smell, you know. It's it's, it's not like roasted roasting coffee and then already roasted coffee. It's like completely it's too, different. Yeah, one smells more like nuts, like uh, roasted nuts. Yeah, and like grassy. And yeah, kind of. It's not necessarily appealing. When I first started roasting, um, you know, because I was still doing it mostly out of my house, and uh, Lisa hated it yeah. at first. My wife, she couldn't stand it. You know, it just like the place always smelled like that if you did it a couple times over the course of the week it'd yeah. take a couple days to kind of for, for the smell to fade you know and yeah. then it just smells like that quite often now there's so many smells in our house I don't know it's like doesn't even it <laughs> doesn't even <laughs> matter the, uh, everything fermenting fermentation and, guru now yeah. it's awesome man yeah it's really cool yeah I got my sourdough I actually haven't fed everything today <laughs> I got it. I have like food like they're pets. It's yeah, they're pets. Crazy. Yeah, it's the same. There's no difference. If you want to keep them healthy, you gotta just maintain them. Yeah. yeah. It looks like my 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 kombucha's got a lot of good shit in it. It seems like because uh, I had a glass. I was drinking a glass of it. You know, just, just with no mother in it or anything like that. Just a 
and I left it on my desk for a few days. Yeah. Had a nice thick mother on yeah, the top. Yeah, screw in there. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's amazing that that, they spin that cellulose up like that. These creatures, it's yeah. bizarre. It's really bizarre. Did we talk about the clothes? I don't remember what we talked about last time. Did I, did I tell you about the clothes? I think the, we mentioned it, that that woman made clothes. You just pretty much. She said you just can't walk outside. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the uh, in the rain. I almost oh, tried the oh. other day. I was going to I was gonna dry some out. I, um, I peeled some layers off, and I was going to dry it out and sort of see maybe I could do with it. Like, I heard some people, candy, the mothers. Yeah, candy, yeah. Um, so I was thinking about doing something like yeah, that. Yeah, sugar it. And dry it. And it's like a chewy leather, like a, mm-hmm. chew, like a dog chew toy. Have you, have you had? Sweet leather. No. I wonder Not if it'd interested. be good. I'm sure it'd be a little bit tangy, a little bit yeah. sweet if you had a little sugar. And yeah, I'm sure it'd be fine. I tried to take a bite before it was dried out, and I was like, ah! Yeah, I've thrown them, <laughs> I've thrown them in smoothies and stuff, just like chunks, like I'll yeah. just cut them up. But I never plan. The milk kefir grains, I eat those. Yeah. It's like rubbery, but. Just try to swallow them down. Well, they do all those weird things like the bubble tea and like all those weird things now where there's like bits in there, Little you chunks, know, like gelatinous yeah. bits. Yeah. It almost seems like wouldn't be too far off from yeah, that, not I too guess. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, I just had a. How'd you do the sourdough? From, from the air or did you buy a starter? No, I got. Uh, actually, my brother got a starter, um, a San Francisco starter that he bought. Oh, cool. And then he was. Uh, He's been doing it in Chicago for a while, mm-hmm. so I probably picked up, you know, something, something maybe. over there, and then uh, I got it from him. I'd like to know more about that, like how how that actually really, really does go. Like if you get a, just a you know, bread culture, say, mm-hmm. and then doing it in Chicago and then in Cleveland, someone to actually test it and see it's like how much is the original, how burn. much is new, how much is it changed. I'd love to know that. That'd yeah. Be cool. But the fact that it's still going is the test, the actual true, the, th- the only thing that matters. Well, I know? gave, I gave I some that. to, um, shoot, I always, like, mispronounce his name, so I hope I get it right, but Matthias, he does the peddler bread thing. Don't know. He, uh, just started, I think he just started doing, like, some farmer's markets and some wholesale to, uh, some coffee shops and things like that this year. Um, it was actually really cool. He built, uh, like, this cart that attaches to his bicycle. And he has this whole big bread cart oh, yeah? that he takes to market. That's cool that he just bakes mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. I think he's running space at. I think he might have been a baker at some one of the places yeah. around here, and oh. I think he's like, you know, allowed to use the space to do this thing. For That's himself. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his breads are re- really good. Um, I brought him. Uh, I brought him some of the starter, uh, and he. Uh, he said it was really like had awesome flavor and yeah. seemed to be like incredibly active and huh. you know that's so. cool. It's good to hear that from a professional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's neat too because you get to like trade cultures with people. Hell, you yeah, know, I mean, with all this stuff, like I took I took a kombucha mother up to some guy who homebrews at the leaf market uh-huh. and uh, you know we traded. He gave me a beer. Oh, cool. I gave him a kombucha yeah. mother with a little starter. Yeah. He's a beer guy. You should have him experiment with a kombucha beer. You can do it together. And then, of course, you can always mix them when you drink it. I like the combination. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't drink beer so much anymore, but I've mixed them together. You were saying um, 
You would do kombucha and wine too, right? That's what I drink every day. Oh, that's what you currently drink? Okay. Yeah, that's what keeps me going. Without that, there's no Brian. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I decompress and recharge all like at the same time. Yet, like uh, recharging but going to bed right after. Right. (laughs) It's like like the um, those drinks and stuff, you know, like. They'll do vodka and Red Bull. Right, right. Or like Four loco or something like that. Yeah, right. It's got like the alcohol and the yeah, caffeine. It's so it's sort of yeah. like your your healthy version of it's that. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it's like kind of like trying to charge an iPhone with it off. It won't. If you plug it in, it turns on. Why? Well, I don't know why, but that's the way they've chosen to do it. So right. same similar thing, you know, like I think that I'm relaxing, but I'm actually, my heart rate's jacked. I'm all, I'm a little bit tweaked out because I'm smoking menthol cigarettes like they're gonna quit making them the next day <laughs> and yeah at midnight I gotta wake up six hours later I have no idea why I was actually gonna um, I called when we were trying to figure out where to hang out earlier um, I didn't know what their hours were so I called I just I'd gone a couple times to this uh, hookah cafe um, that, right here there's a few around here yeah. actually because there's some you know there's like a Middle Eastern population like yeah. in this like Lorraine um, towards Lakewood like right Cleveland Lakewood border in that yeah, area yeah, yeah. and uh, there's a number of um, you know hookah bars and stuff over here but there's a newer one that opened up like right near 117th in Madison yeah it's called Jinnah's which okay. I think means heaven okay the, but yeah so they, they were actually they were doing a late night comedy thing there on a Saturday night so I went there for that and it's cool man sitting around yeah. with your friends smoking a hookah That's you cool, know yeah. like it's pretty. Um, so I don't I don't smoke cigarettes or anything anymore. But I have a cigar once in a while. And okay. Smoking the hookah was kind of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we went to we used to go to a place in San Francisco that had a had that, but I never tried it. I don't know. It's, I hate social shit. I don't want to smoke. <laughs> I smoke my own. I got my own. Yeah, I don't want to. Oh, I yeah. No thanks. Passing around the germs. Yeah. I think they do something. I don't that know that it's even... Maybe that's why I never smoked weed. <laughs> you just don't like the social aspect of yeah. it. <laughs> it's like all the tests. Um, you know, if you read any of the tests that ask, like, if you're an alcoholic or if you're, you know, a problem pot smoker or anything uh-huh. like that. Like, you know, you, you do this uh, at home. Well, and alone. Like, alone. Right, right, all right. This stuff. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd fill that test on every level. You don't have to be. I get. See, I, I, I'm still trying to, to decide what I think about sort of social media and its impact on social interaction. You know, uh-huh. because there's really good arguments that can be made. I think either way. On the one hand, you know, people are now like people who would have spent time with each other face to face are instead using Facebook right, and right. using these different social media outlets or whatever. At the same time. Maybe people who would otherwise have been incredibly socially awkward are able to interact with people yeah. in a way that they're comfortable with. You yeah. know, so yep. I think same thing. Like my wife says, "Don't text me. Call me. Don't don't you fucking text me anymore." I don't. Ah. She can't stand that black and white, just black blurbs of yeah. And there's no. Now is this just you in particular, well, or this yeah, is like anybody? Anybody. Anybody. Any, she doesn't want anyone to text her, but especially me, because I. 
tend to just really get to the point. I'm oh, a that's the point. Yeah. I'm a professional Twitterer. Right, right. So I can, yeah. I, I can nail this shit. I can get this sentence. done yeah. easily. That's why I don't blog. I just tweet because it's way better for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she can't not. It's over. Do not text Christine. <laughs> shit, man. She hates that. Yeah, see, most people are the, are the opposite now, I, I feel like, you know? Like, yeah. Like call and I can understand husband and wife. Like I call my wife a lot more than I would call anyone, you know, typically. But um, you know, it's almost like someone calls you on the phone. You're like, "What's wrong? Is yeah, something is wrong? Are you okay? Is there, what's going on? Yeah, is that nothing. Oh, rings. well, fucking text me. Yeah. What, are you t- <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, Scare me like that. Right. <laughs> Calling me on my phone. You crazy? And then it's, uh, you know, you can get back to it, too. It's like an imposition in a way. You know, like if someone texts you, you can you finish can what you're it. doing. You can ignore it or whatever. Yeah. Ten minutes yeah. later, hour what later, when your phone... is committed. You're committed. Right. Yeah, you're in. And then people, if, like, they know you're there and you don't answer, then they're going to get pissed off. Yeah, right. You know? I don't know. It's, it's, uh... Communication is pretty interesting these days. Yeah, especially, like you said, the whole... The, the other tier, the whole the internet angle, the Twitter and the yeah. Facebook and all those things, and I'm sure a lot of people are spending many hours studying that yeah. the whole oh yeah the whole thing I'm ways sure. to use it against people. Well, just like everything else, I think everything ultimately becomes a, becomes advertising and marketing, you know, yeah. in some way or yeah. another. Right? Yeah for something I mean even my personal stuff now like half my Facebook stuff is like come to my show on Saturday hey I'm gonna be you serving coffee at the farmer's market on Thursday you know promote. Yeah, yeah you do you just have to it's just the way it is right now yeah but it's great I don't have to like fucking pay to take out an ad yeah what's the big deal in the it's newspaper a magazine you yeah. know try to get a radio spot like I just everyone can sort of run their own marketing and promotion you know to people that off it well depending on your friend list like I was that's the other thing I've seen that's kind of crazy like I'll see people with like 4,000 friends and I'm like yeah. you can't possibly have yeah. 4,000 friends like yeah. that means you don't have friends like an individual, at that point an individual? right a person well that's stupid yeah that, that's that's for a company you know you can have that many people that yeah right you get that many likes that's fantastic right. you know but Good you can't you have that many marketing. friends yeah, you're getting that right I was thinking of this quote. I gotta look it up while we're sitting here. I should know it. Oh, I'm not on the. Uh, I'm not connected to the internet. Oh, okay. Um, it's a Rushkoff thing. I just interviewed Douglas Rushkoff. Uh-huh. He wrote this book called Life Inc. I love, I love this book. Life Inc. Yeah, I love the book, and uh, I was just couldn't believe that he agreed to do the show, and. He's a bit controversial. I don't know. I don't know his story. I just know I love the book. Okay. And um, let's if I can find it here. Yeah. This quote is: "If you are not the customer, you are the product." So, like, if you think about Twitter mm-hmm. or any social networking site, if you're not 
the customer of that then you are the product and it's right. so true it's so fucking true yeah. it, you're literally the product they're serving you up it's it's your content it's your eyeballs it's yeah. your money you're it's the consumer you you're the product yeah, yeah. yeah so you wrote this book like it's about um, how corporations basically took over the world co-opted the economy co-opted everything okay um, and what we can do about it and he goes he goes back to pre-renaissance to tell the story mm-hmm. of how corporations first were created what the advantages that gave them corporate personhood and all that it's awesome What's it called? Person Inc. again? Life. Life Inc. Yeah. I'll have to check yeah. it out. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I've i read it, and then I even listened to it um, on Audible, mm-hmm. because he read it. Okay. I, I like finding authors that read their own books. I like that a lot, yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it really adds to the experience, I feel yeah. like. And it's not a story. I mean, it's not fiction. Like, it's not a whatever mystery that... Yeah. But it still really was good to hear him read it. And especially before I interviewed him, because mm-hmm. I already had his voice in my head. Okay. A lot of people that I don't have never talked to before, it's really weird to talk to someone for the first time. Right. I don't know anything about oh, them. That's what not their what I expected you to sound, sound like. like. or act like or be like or yeah. you're stiff or whatever. Yeah, sometimes I've been pretty surprised. Like, oh, this is not going, this is not going well at all. <laughs> yeah. So he's, at, he's awesome. I recommend that book. For sure. There was one that, um, <laughs> here are the two most recent books on tape that I've listened to. Um, this was just sort of by accident because somebody posted it, I think, on Facebook or something, but um, Samuel L. Jackson reading Go the Fuck to Sleep. Mm, yep, I have that. Yeah. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. It was free. Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was pretty good. Um, free. Yeah. But that's just cutesy or whatever. The thing that yeah. I found really interesting was... Um, like you said, when an author is able to do their own reading, I think that's... If it's just someone else reading it, then in a way that's just, oh, well, you're too lazy to read the book. But if you find someone, you know, reading their own work, like, yeah. it can add something to it. And I, I heard there's, um, I think the book's just called something like Creativity or something like that. It's David Lynch. Oh, really? And uh, there's, there's, and it's just sort of about his own experience and wow. how he finds his creativity and, and meditation really? and all this stuff. Yeah, and it's him reading it. Wow. Which, you know, he's a very distinct voice. He's one of and, my favorite people, like, oh, okay. alive. Yeah. Or You ever. should check it out then. Wow, for, definitely. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a love affair with him for, for decades. I mean, ever since Wild at Heart. I've just yeah. been. I think for me, for me, it was Twin Peaks. Yeah. But. Yeah. I missed it when it was on. Mm-hmm. I was maybe too young or not. I wasn't aware. I wasn't into. I was a little bit I too young. It later, um, back when Bravo was a TV channel that okay. actually showed yeah, yeah. shit. They did a. They showed it, um, or maybe it was IFC. Whatever. Back then, when those were actually decent channels, right? And they re-showed that there. I've caught it there, and I even watched it once, continuous, like for three days. Oh wow! Yeah, I just watched for three days. I just hunker down and watch the whole damn thing. Did you sleep? Yeah, you know, I'd doze off. Fair and, enough. Yeah, come back and drink more wine, <laughs> eat some more cheese. And the, yeah. I was stupid, but I did that. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. The more, I think I watched it the first time it came around because um, my dad watched it, and so I'd watch it with him, and I think, I'm sure I missed a lot. 
the first time around. Sure. You know, just because I was pretty young, but yeah. I, I loved it, yeah. but, you know, maybe I didn't quite Nuance. know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then again, you might just be taking too much out of it. <laughs> if you, you just read, you can read way too much in. Like, all sure. his films are, it's up to you. It, it really is. There's, it's not a, his realities are so... They almost like can exist in your mind. You have to decide what's scary to you and what's yeah. Like in some of his music, just the music alone would frighten the shit out of you, you know. But yeah, he's yeah, that's a, cool. I guess that's. Did what, you ever see that one Lumiere or Lumiere that uh-uh. he did? No. Where he's a part of it. I don't even remember what it's really about. Is it just about him or? But he's in it. Mm-hmm. And the you know Angelo um, Battalamente who does his music is featured in there and they talk about the creative process okay uh, it was a long time ago that I saw that one probably when it first came out but that one's pretty good too showing Angelo how he makes those creepy sounds you know and just the amazing it's all live choruses but recorded through tubes and stuff mm-hmm. you know put the microphone in the bottom of a tube and record like the m- most beautiful chorale in the world but record them all screwed up it's really cool looks pretty yeah, yeah I love that neat. shit yeah, sound design's pretty cool. I have a there's a, there's a, a friend of mine who was doing. I'm not sure if that's exactly what he does now, but um, he was doing sound design for a while. Went to school for it and oh, everything. Really? And I know there was a period where he would just walk around with a recorder trying to just yeah, capture, capture something interesting or create sounds. Something new. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think my wife knew someone who was a fully uh, expert in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and um, that'd be pretty cool. See, like to see how they work. And the only thing she t- that I learned was um, whenever you see someone with a cocktail in a movie and a rocks glass, yeah, and that ting 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 yeah, ting, yeah, yeah. it's Sharpie caps in a glass. Oh, really? That's how they make the sound. Nice. That's why it's so pronounced and so uh-huh. and you can hear it in your head. You can picture that, right? And right. that's why I've done it, and it's it sounds really cool. Yeah, neat. It's funny how a lot of sounds in reality don't sound good recorded, like. Sh- Gunshots, mm-hmm. gunshots recorded sound it's completely like cap guns. Oh, so really? they make it. They have to make a fake sound that sounds more like a gunshot than the right. real sound. Same thing with the ice or whatever. Hyper reality. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what everything's turning towards. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go refill this coffee. Cool. Hmm. I guess I should have got their password or whatever. Uh, so what do you, is that stand-up stuff like late night, really late? Mostly, it's really messed with my sleep schedule. Yeah? And it's going to get worse next week. Right. Because I've had the summers off from teaching. That guy just was riding down the street uh-huh. on a bicycle with an advertisement. Like a big sign, uh-huh. a cart on the back of the bike. Oh, really? There's one, another one. Really? Oh, it's in a trailer. A trailer sign behind a bike. Trailer advertising. Wow, it's like those truck billboards, but I guess yeah, more fuel efficient. Yeah, that's nuts. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I guess it's better than those hey, trucks. It's a job for someone. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's low tech and it's low. You know, it's not using yeah. fossil fuels. Not that I care. <laughs> yeah, it's um. 
sleep schedule is off now. I mean, I had the summers off, so I didn't have to get up early for teaching. But I've sort of, you know, I'm I'm in my mid thirties, and I don't know if it's just my natural sort of body mechanisms or whatever, you know, wake me up pretty early in the morning, like you, you know, five six o'clock. Oh, really? And then uh, like eight nine o'clock, I start sort of shutting down. Yeah. And so I'm like, now I've got to fight against that, ah. you know, to try to stay up. Because, yeah, the comedy's always late. Yeah. So, you know, it shows at like 8 or 10 or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, if you want to be part of the scene, you got to hang, know, out, hang out, yeah. have a drink. Or... Yeah, I'm, so, the, I'm the late night guy. I'd rather stay up till 5 a.m. than wake up at 5 a.m. See, that's Lisa's, too. Lisa's yeah. late. Yeah. But, oh, I um, love the night. I just, night is all I need. Yeah. And then school, is that every day? Well, it's not a bad schedule. I've got an 8.30 to 9.45 class on Tuesday and Thursday. And then I've got, uh, like, Monday and Wednesday afternoon, so, like, 12.30 to 3.30 or something like that. So it won't be awful, but it's just going to be, you know, being alert at these different times of day. Turning it on, turning it off, finding places to rest, recharge. I've been taking naps. Yeah. What are you teaching this year? Um, bioethics and uh, critical thinking. What's bioethics? Biomedical ethics. So oh, medical yeah. ethics. Huh. Like, it's, um, I mean, most of the people that are going to be in the class are probably uh, level stuff. in nursing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and so they're taking the class to, you know, just be able to reason through issues in death and dying and reproductive rights and... Mm-hmm. How to handle the doctor-patient relationship, issues of informed consent, oh, okay. you know, all okay. that kind of stuff. So it's very practical ethics. It's not, you know, there, there. I mean, there's, there's enough sort of background, foundational stuff to sort of prepare you for the thoughts on these particular topics. But the topics are all very, you know, current and uh, sort of applicable to medical science now. Yeah. Yeah. This is the current technology and the yeah. things that come, like stem cell mm-hmm. research. And yeah, we talk about cloning, you know, and some of the different issues with that. And, you know, obviously reproductive rights is a very hot, well, always a hot political topic. Yeah. So, uh, and it, yeah, it's it's good. And, that, and that's what attracts me, I think, to this um, area of philosophy is because of how connected it is to the world. Oh, okay. Um, and I also like I like philosophy of mind quite a bit. Um, those are sort of my two main areas of interest. Um, and the philosophy of mind that I'm interested in, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm just as much interested in all the, you know, why am I here and who am I and all this kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but I think um, the philosophy of mind and consciousness, when taking into account things like neuroscience, psychology, you know, all the sort of modern scientific headway that's been made into figuring out these questions, you know, sort of on an empirical level. Yeah, okay. And uh, I think, uh, so I'm really, you know, attracted to that too, especially because, um, one, there's uh, cognitive science is kind of a interdisciplinary field where there's people from different uh, different disciplines coming together yeah. 
to answer these questions involving mind and consciousness. Yes. So you yeah. might have a philosopher and a neuroscientist and a linguist, biology, you know, and a biologist all working together, yeah. you know, on the same yeah. issue. Do you ever see the documentary Consciousness? It's an independent filmmaker made this documentary about Maybe it. Not. It's long. And really? Shit. It's super fascinating and dry as hell, but it's interviews mm-hmm. with people, so it depends on the person. But even some people that bring some that have some of the best stuff are just you just can't listen to them. You like but it's kinda trippy the way the guy directed it a little mm-hmm. bit, like some of the intros and stuff. It's like definitely playing a little bit of a mind fuck with you, like swirly stuff and right. a little bit trippy. Yeah. But and then you know and then going into this deep what is consciousness conversation and I'm pretty sure it's called consciousness. I'll I'll look it up. Um but yeah, a buddy of mine told me that about that years ago, and I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It took a, a long time to watch it, though, because you can't just... You can't, two hours is too much. And it's like, I don't know, it's many discs long. Yeah, it's super long. Mm. Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. I'll have to check it yeah. out. Yeah, they, it's all, like you said, top scientists and from different fields, mm-hmm. from bringing their angle. You know, someone who just studies mitochondria, what they are, and all the rest, religion, and every other aspect. Yeah. Well, there's a, I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting brain research. Um, I mean, and that that's sort of uh, a, a difficult thing, too, because everyone just assumes that if there's brain-based data to go along with something, like some kind of brain imaging, you know, it kind of automatically lends credibility to whatever the claim is that this person's making. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that, that that data of what's going on in the brain is not definitive. Like, it's still up to interpretation, like, what the fact that mm-hmm. this area is active means. What it even means. Like, we don't have a, a, a you know, a totally accurate Maybe map of the brain. Maybe it's red herring for something yeah. else that's going on Absolutely. that we can't even detect. And so, I mean, like, one thing they'll do, I mean, one thing they have to do in in studies, for instance, is to come up with a baseline, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to come up with a baseline of activity for a particular brain region, you're working with 100 subjects, you're going to sort of, you know, average the differences kind of thing, when it may actually be those individual differences that's going to tell you the most (laughs) about what it is that you're studying. The data you need, yeah. Huh. So it, it, you know, it's not. It's it, it's. It needs more. It, it needs more work in, yeah. in in people to sort of understand that. Just because there's brain imaging to go along with something doesn't necessarily mean that whatever the author's claiming this mm-hmm. brain data supports, mm-hmm. it actually supports. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, no. Yeah, that's cool. I'm a big skeptic, if not, you know, among amongst my other. The other hats that I wear, I'm definitely a skeptic of just just about every, uh, you know, a healthy yeah. skepticism. Okay. You know, I don't just like I don't doubt are, that the world exists. Yeah, some or, people are really annoying. Some skeptics yeah. are just they're it's so boring. It just seems to be the most boring pursuit in the world is being just a skeptic towards everything. Like, yeah. Um, what is that magazine? It's like skeptic magazine or whatever. Yeah, that guy yeah. that runs that. He's such a dick. <laughs> I oh, he's just so. You know, it's the arrogance. Yeah. Like, you're all being duped. No matter right. what, if you happen to believe in something, you know, he'll just show you how you're being duped. You're being yeah. fooled. It's like, you know what? Maybe you're a fool. 
Maybe, <laughs> you know what, just get off me. <laughs> Let me. Well, there's something to be said, too, for the... You know, what are beliefs doing for people? Kind of like a, from a pragmatic view. You know, if... if there he goes. I don't know. I didn't read it. I think that was for Momocha, actually. What is that? It looked like. It's a Mexican restaurant at 32nd. Oh. Yeah, if you're going to make a billboard that's moving, you're going to want to put make the font size, like, huge. Right. And just put the word. And you don't need the www and the http. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe a quick QR. I haven't used. I haven't picked QR up code. on the QR code thing yet. I've never done one. I have I no idea. What, I don't even know what you do. It says scan it with your phone. Does that mean take a picture of it? You, yeah, you get some kind of program, and it basically you take a picture, and it's like reading a UPC code they on say a scan, box. Scan, but they mean take a picture. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, my phone doesn't have a scanner in it. This is what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know anything about those. Well, I haven't done much with philosophy of mind recently, just because. I don't know, I've been teaching medical ethics, so I sort of keep current on, you know, a lot of that stuff. Even though yeah. I teach at the entry level, like, I still like to keep up on what's happening yeah. and, you know, what the current sort of, to borrow, <laughs> I guess to borrow from social media, what the trending topics are, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, philosophy of mind, I guess, I just haven't kept up with as much um, because I'm not teaching it. In It's a higher level, you know, class. Yeah. And I haven't been... Um, I haven't written any philosophy in a long time, yeah. actually. It's kind of embarrassing. But huh. Yeah. Oh, well. Are you going to go back to school? I don't know. Um, I've definitely... I want... I'd like a doctorate. Um, there's nowhere really here to do it. Oh, no? Unless you want to... Case Western has a program in medical ethics, okay. but then your degree is in medical ethics, okay. not in general philosophy, uh, you know, through a medical school, and it's going to be, you're going to be very, I mean, you'll pro you'll make the most money you're going to make as a philosopher, you know. In that um, field? In that, yeah, yeah right, in, in the field of medical ethics. there's something to apply to that yeah. is in need, yeah. whereas... Yeah, philosophy of the mind is no <laughs> not not as luck. much. I mean, yeah. certainly there's there's room for research and you know things like that, but you're definitely going to be tied to academia if you're yeah. you know doing something like philosophy of mind. Whereas, yeah, medical ethics, you can actually get a job at a hospital or <clears throat> serve on a committee, or, yeah. you know, one of those kinds of things. I mean, they actually have um, clinical clinical ethicists. I mean, Cleveland. Clinic has a whole team of them. Yeah. Where and they're, you know, they'll get a page and they'll have to quickly go to a patient's room to help them sort through Some a decision. Ethic, ethical situation. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Huh. I would have thought the rules were just established for pretty much every scenario. You know what I mean? Well, like, no. I mean the thing is, but with it's individual. Yeah. I mean they're, because there's there's uh, this person wrote this in their living will. Yet this is a gray area. Listen, okay. Sure. Huh. You know, do we pull the plug? Right. Like, what kind of rep You know, if, if uh, let's say the medical staff determines that a certain kind of treatment is is at least medically futile, where it's not really going to do anything, patients' families hoping for a miracle. You know, I mean, Our someone to moderate. Doesn't want to be treated because we have a certain religion. Do we take the child away? Yeah, yeah. Even a more, you know, I'm sure more mundane decisions. If you want to like try to decide yeah. between 
various treatment options where the various treatment options both have their costs and their benefits, you know? Okay. Where, you know, this is the best thing for you, but there's a chance that you're going to lose some kind of cognitive capacity because we're talking about, you know, doing surgery on your brain. Right, right. Things like that. Oh. There was a really interesting case, actually, that this, uh, this guy that I was doing a little bit of work with some years ago uh, at the clinic, he wrote an article about um, what to do when a patient... Uh, revokes consent interoperatively. In, in in particular, he was he was talking about uh, brain surgery because mm-hmm. in brain surgery you're not uh, you don't use general anesthetic. You use local anesthetic. Okay. Uh, and so as your brain is being operated on, you are awake. You're awake. You're and so yeah. you know, head open, yeah. like halfway in, someone goes, "I don't want to do this anymore. Close right. me up." Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> like, how do you? You know, because typically someone doesn't have the opportunity to revoke consent in the OR. Yeah, right. Um, so you know, there and and I like, and that's why I sort of combine the two. I mean, the kind of medical ethics that I'm most interested in yeah. involve the brain. Um, and so I've kind of, you know, you put the consciousness stuff together with the yeah. with the medical stuff, and you can come up with some really interesting. They probably should just. They, I, I, here's how I would picture them doing it: they'd have the ethicist there, but then they'd also have the their head accountant and they would say are we are we are we getting paid yes we can close them up like will we get paid for what we've done yeah then close them up yeah you know no you have to get 20% more into the surgery before billing is due like before this is an actual procedure then they'll just probably go that extra 20 then put his skull cap back on (laughs) that's what it all is I mean that's the that's the bitch of it all yeah, money is becoming a big part of everything. Well, and that's why it's 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 difficult because now you have this intermediary through you know HMOs and PPOs and all that kind of thing, um, where you know a doctor can't necessarily recommend what's best. Yeah, a doctor has to you know maybe recommend what's best and then adjust that recommendation because of what the insurance company will or will not cover. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, we're almost expecting, in, in, in some cases, like, the physicians are expected to become, like, fiduciary agents or something, you know, sure. and it's... Yeah. It's weird, because that's, you know, that that's an influence um, on... on um, well, uh, doctors, MDs hold a lot of power in society now, and a lot of responsibility, and I could see definitely more, now that I'm, you're talking, I'm seeing more of a, of a role for a a bioethicist because of all this because of the money because of that burden placed on yeah the doctor himself from money pressures pharma and like I said all those insurance angles and stuff I've never really thought about that too much that's pretty cool that's pretty wild I remember there was a student in my class and I mean you know we take her at her word she was telling me that um essentially her her physician her mom had cancer her physician told her mom uh you know what the best course of treatment was going to be you know that gave her the best chances for survival Mm -hmm. and uh the insurance company said no that's not that's not enough of a chance Uh you know to make it worth the cost okay which i mean is a real decision you have to make i mean you know finances aren't unlimited that's the harsh reality of it um and so uh you know, then they have to go back and discuss. Well, what you know, what amongst the options that we'll pay for can we do? And so, right. 
you know, in a way, I guess to the family, it feels like the insurance company just condemned their mom to death. You're right. Um, but you know, if 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 one if one treatment gives you an eight percent chance of survival, another treatment gives you a twenty percent chance of survival, but costs fifteen times as much. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would be sort of it's an irresponsible of, business yeah, decision to, more, to approve it. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, it's more of an indictment against our entire economic system. It's just a fail. It's yeah. it's a big fail now because well, it's run its course. Yeah, it's just run. It's run to the limit. Like I like this guy I interviewed before Jordan Bober, who's invented mm-hmm. a new community currency, and he compares. He says money is the equivalent of inches. There's enough inches to do anything you want to do. If you want to build it, like if you're in construction, you never run out of inches. They're, they're there in, in multitude. Yeah. Same thing for money. It's, it should be the exact same thing. And you have to build a system that honors that and makes that a reality. So that's what they're doing with this community currency. It's really cool. I mean, I think it's one of the most important things going on that I've discovered this past year. But it gets no run. I get no... No one seems to give a shit about this project. That of people that I know or talk to, or I get no action on it on the web or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's amazing to come up with a secondary currency. It's badass. I think it's. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything more laudable or whatever than, than coming up with an alternative currency because this favors people and business and community. And every it's it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, I guess people I guess, maybe everyone's just thinks it's just why get your hopes up for something so ridiculous, you know? Right, like it's too far fetched. Oh, too far fetched. Why, why would I get my so. attention to it? I mean, there's some things you could start to do on a smaller level. Like I know, um, shoot, I'm trying to think what they call these, like. Maybe time banking. Yeah, time or banking something. is really hot right now. You know, Someone so that's just asked me similar. to put in some time with one, and I was like, absolutely. Like, here's my email. Get in touch. Never yeah. heard from them. Like, when you just, <laughs> whoa, okay. I, I, I tried. But I mean, if you combine that with the local thing, to, you know, yeah, so that you've got. It's got to all be a part. It, all yeah. these ideas have to be meshed together and sorted out, and it'll take a long time. It might not even be your lifetime. It's something to work towards. Well, I know, like, my friend's dad, he's been part of part of some kind of bartering society for decades now. Really? Locally. Wow. You know, where cool. he'll, and he's a dentist. Yeah. So oh, he'll wow. do things like he'll, you know, put his services up there, people go, they get their teeth cleaning, and he yeah. gets his car fixed, you know, shit like that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I guess technically you're supposed to still be paying taxes, taxes. on yeah, that kind are. of stuff. You are. But screw that. You should, you should pay your taxes. Right. This is being recorded, right? Yeah. You should, this, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> Last, uh, Last night, this just reminded me. Last night, um, I'm doing uh, my comedy show, actually. So I put together a show now on Thursday nights. And um, I don't know how many people noticed this, but th- there was a, we're, we're at the Saxonheim Hall, and it's a big place. So there's multiple levels, and sometimes there's other things going on than just what's in the main bar. So they had some big party there last night. Um, and they had a couple cops there just to, you know, for security, direct traffic, stuff like that. And so at one point, um, the cops came into the bar, and they're just sort of sitting in the back in the corner, sort yeah. of, you know, checking things out, just to, co- you know, just what's, yeah. not like looking for problems or anything, yeah. just, just sort of seeing what's going on. And uh, the guy on stage, the comedian, is like, 
who out there likes to smoke weed? Right. Right? <laughs> and this one, this guy's like clapping like, yeah. woo! Yeah. Officers, arrest that guy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. They just lost their shit. They're right. laughing their asses yeah, off. Right. And they had to like sort of go out into the hallway to compose just themselves. Right, right. And then like... <laughs> <laughs> go get them. <laughs> that had to be a good moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Especially like just off the cuff like that. Yeah, I was thinking good. that. Yeah. yeah he cool. was like, man, I need cops at every one of my shows yeah, from now on. Good. That yeah. was fantastic. Good, a good bit, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love. I I say I'd like. I think I would like to check it out. You know, some live comedy. I don't think I've ever seen it. Really, yeah, at all. It's uh. Well, you said you saw Louis C.K. Right? Some no, years, I years mean ago. live. No, I never. Oh, saw you live. just saw like a show, oh, like a, a special or DVD or something. Oh, or some I got you. I got no, you. I've never seen it. I haven't seen a lot live, actually. And, I mean, because it's hard. I mean, even with with music now, too. Like, it's hard to... Well, you said you're moderately antisocial, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like, why should I go to a concert when I can just get a good stereo and yeah. play my favorite hits favorite from this band? I love you know? my music. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I've never liked concerts so much. I've seen a few things, but it ain't my thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm missing that whole social angle. So, like, you know, the reason people love fish and the dead is right. not so much music. You know, it's everything else. Yeah, yeah. It's all experience. I don't know. You know, I used to go to shows all the time, but now I just find it progressively hard. I mean, I have to really, really like a performer, yeah. you know, to, to go see a live show because otherwise, you know, I'm more comfortable at my house. <laughs> yeah, and the cost, especially for a known act, is yeah, right. astronomical. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. But, um, I don't know, it's, you know, with the, with the local comedy, it's, it's, it's different, you know, there are, there's so many free shows around here, so, yeah. you know, there's no cost to it, you know, a lot of times people are doing, like, drink specials or food specials or whatever so there's that going so you can see the shows for cheap it, it requires like I mean you, like a particular level of uh, patience maybe yeah, yeah. because I mean the reason that these shows are free is because showcasing people like me who haven't maybe been at it for that long sure. or maybe that have been at it a little longer but you know are still developing their shit or yeah so um or they could just suck yeah, right. Or they or could just, just be awful. Yeah. They've been doing it for 20 years, but they right. still suck. Right, right, right. Yeah. There aren't too many of those, I don't think, no, honestly. Good. Like, that I've seen. Yeah. I mean, I, certainly I think there's, like, hack comedians who just make really easy, stupid jokes yeah. and, and then base a career off that. Yeah. So they suck in that way, but they're still entertaining their audience. Yeah, sure. And that's, you know, yeah. so they'll get a show in Vegas or, you know, whatever right. the hell they do. But, um... As far as the local guys, like, I think, you know, I've met a lot of people that haven't watched, you know, often enough now. It seems like have a lot of talent, or potential talent, yeah. you know. <laughs> and a um, lot of sort of unique styles, you know, and and, uh, and they have on and off nights, too. So, I mean, some of the, but, but like, you know, a lot of the stuff that I go to, a lot of it depends on the crowd, I think. Or if there is a crowd. That's a, that's a big thing, too. Oh, yeah. Because I think... A lot of these that are very, like, pretty traditional open mic mm-hmm. type things, like, they won't get much of a crowd for. Yeah. It'll just be, you know, ten comedians just sort of workshopping yeah. with each other. Okay. And then, you know, nobody's going to really laugh at yeah. 
was Especially just, when they've heard the stuff before already because you're trying out yeah, the same thing again. Yeah, this act fifth time. Yeah. There's a, the other night, uh, Andrew Dice Clay was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And um, he said the coolest quote about that. He said, if, if you can work the silences, the laughs will come easy. You got to be able to work those silences for years. He's yeah, like, that's right. what you have to do. And then when the laughs come, it's like well, it all made sense. It was all worth it. How easy this is now, right? But you right. have to be able to do that. And he's actually, um, he actually wasn't bad on the, on really? the show. It, it, you get a little annoying because him yeah. and his wife would argue the whole time, and it's you can't tell if it's act or real. And then, he, and it was so annoying that it didn't matter. Like, if it was his act, it sucked. Like, the arguing part was was really shitty, and I think it took away from it. But he, was, he wasn't bad. Yeah. I used to love him when I was, like, 12. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. And he said I, like, knew all the nursery rhymes He said he shit. rewrote the whole act. It's all new. <laughs> and yet he's now bringing old stuff in because he's, so, he's been around so long. Right. That... He's got a whole new audience. He can run that whole that old material yeah, right, right over been again. Doing 25, 30 years now. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. Long time. I mean, when I was in high school, <laughs> 88, 89, we were watching him on specials. So he was famous right, at, in that, 88. Yeah, yeah. So 24 <clears throat> years ago or whatever that was. So, yeah, he's been around a long time. Yeah. Still wearing a leather jacket. I'm doing the same sunglasses, man. That's like <laughs> fucking crazy. That's badass, though. <laughs> I mean, why not? Fucking roll with it, especially if it's your nature. Yeah, he's not yeah. making it up. If that's just right, know, the dice. He's the dice. Uh, that's his shit. Then it's funny. And some guys, it's like they'll, they'll, they're so. And I always wondered that about him. Like, obviously, it's a bit of an exaggeration. It's got to be somewhat of an exaggeration, mm-hmm. you know. But how much exaggeration? Like, does he ever turn that off? Where he's just no, like I've a heard, dude. I heard one. I don't. It might. It was a comedian, I think, that was telling the story, or an actor who was on a show yeah. and said, "My kid went to school with Dice Clay's kid, mm-hmm. and when Dice would come into the school, he was Dice Clay. Like, <laughs> he was in fucking, you know, right, the voice right, and the right. leather in the school. Like with this six-year-old kid, he was still <laughs> Dice Clay, like smoking." Yeah, like, yeah. Sure, you're going to put that sticker out. Hey! I'm fucking <laughs> dice clay. <laughs> like, oh my god. Could you? She's, so, I, you know, I don't know how accurate or whatever that was, if it was just a bit, but it's pretty funny, and I bet it's true. I bet he's just dice clay everywhere he goes. It's pretty, uh, if you ever hear, like, Gilbert Gottfried has a normal voice. I've heard him on um, the only place I've ever heard him was when I used to listen to Howard Stern. Yeah, he would have him on. That's I think I think it was, was a clip from Howard Stern he that was I heard. Really good on there. He was one of the best best guests I've ever yeah. heard on that show. I mean, he's really good, but he's nut. He's nuts. His brain's broken. Oh, he yeah. says shit that's just wrong. Like yeah. he's wrong. But um, yeah, how that dude managed to get a corporate gig and all that was. Amazing. Well, that's what because he he got fired from that, right? When like, yeah. you know, and, and 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 again, it's the same thing I was talking about earlier with like Daniel Tosh. Like, you make the dude makes his living off, you know, just awful humor. Yeah. yeah. Awful, well, that's offensive. Just, the, the big difference is though when you're corp when you're 
when Aflac or whatever it was hires you, yeah, that's different. You're losing your paycheck. That's up to them. It's, but I mean, it's I mean? weird for yeah. them to like you know go. Oh, you didn't know the guy was like this. Like this is yeah. you know. I think maybe they do it. Like maybe they, they're going to they rein them it. in. No, no. I bet they just say, you know what? We're just going to roll with this. There's going to be some controversy, and we'll fire him. And guess what? It's all good it's for a, us. Yeah, right. Because when he fucks up, we fire him. We're win. It's win-win, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because we're going to get more attention. We're going to cut him loose, and we'll pay him ten mil, and we'll make fifty, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Started doing all the cartoon voices. Yeah, but the point was, he does have a real voice. He is a real person, but barely. Yeah, he's pretty right. much character. He's he's he's, he's been, in character yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Seems like, and that'd be tough. <laughs> it would be weird to be such an individual that your character's so unique that it's like uh, an asset. Uh, you can make money off of you. You know, to be such so different yeah. or whatever requires a massive ego, I would imagine. Well yeah, it's got and it's gotta be this huge kind of double sided coin as far as that goes. Like you have to imagine the most because I mean, like I was saying, you know, you could still have a bad night or something like that. When you have a bad night, you know, oftentimes it can be kind of devastating, I guess. Yeah. Especially as you're, like, forming or whatever. And so I think, you know, you have to have this combo, like, huge ego and then, like, the opposite. Uh, sort of going on simultaneously, I, like, have this know, kind of bipolar, you know, was, I'm better yeah. than everyone else, but I fucking suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I always wondered, the most, my favorite comedians were always, like, um, uh, shit, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. One of my all-time favorites. And I think what, for me, because the whole time I would just stare at him and think, all right, this guy is so peculiar and fucking weird, yet it seems so broken, yet this is what he does. He pursues this. He works. He may look like a complete fuck up, but he works hard. He's doing this every day, every night, three set. I know, I'm sure, like... Over and over and over for years and years and years. Yeah. And that that, that dualness of the character is what because you never see it on stage. He never talks about how hard he works and yeah, right. It, I always thought that was so peculiar that he could be so fucked up. And when you find out later that he really was broken, he was a heroin addict and dying. He's on stage with gangrenous infections in his legs from the heroin injections, wow. and yet doing his bits, his right, you know, whatever yogurt. Whatever bits, and that's <laughs> just so strange to me. Like think like way back, like an emo Phillips character, like someone who's so different than a normal person. Yet he signs up for open mic nights, and he go, you know, and he probably has an agent and works hard and pursues. It's funny, you know. Yeah. Like it's easy to picture Jerry Seinfeld doing all the work part, all the business stuff. Yeah, right. You know, huh? Good luck with all that. That's awesome. I'm glad you're doing it. That's great. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I, I have like a little bit of a head start, I think, from teaching. You know, so I'm already oh yeah, you're already working the crowd, you know, and all that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So now it's 
you know, developing that a little more, developing a better sense of timing, and then, you know, just writing and, yeah. and, and figuring out material. And that's, a difficult, that's the most difficult part, I think, and that, that's the most difficult part of doing philosophy or, you know, any of the things that I've done is, man, I hate writing. Yeah. I hate it. I, I love the product. I mean, not I always love the product, but I often look at what I've done when I'm done with it, and I'm very happy with it. You know, yeah. I think I've done uh, good work, but... The process doesn't... The process is really bad. Horrible. Yeah. Is it a technology hub, like having an iPhone, like jotting notes down quick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, that, I yeah, but I have, you know, probably 100 to 150 just ideas. Yeah. Undeveloped, you know, ideas. And, nowhere, and you look at, back at it and go, what the hell, what was Some this? of them. I mean, yeah. and then some are just like, I don't know how to work with this okay. yet, yeah. or I don't know if I'm ready for that. I just tweet my ideas. Yeah. I just put it right out there. I don't even write it down. Like I'll be laying in bed trying to fall asleep, and I'll just say stuff. I yeah. don't even. I have no idea. Well, I still. I, I was. I've been on Twitter for a really long time, but I've like never used it. Yeah. You know, I got yeah. a Twitter account years ago, and just it sat there. Yeah. And so I figure now, like doing comedy, this would be like a good time to jump back in. You know, a lot of people do that stuff, and I've have like four tweets over the past like couple months. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I just don't know. <laughs> And maybe that's a, you know you it's a skill I need to work on. Like, how do I express what are you myself? Using it for, right? Are you? Is it? Is it your comedy, or is it just a promotion tool? Is it just a broadcast service? Is it just your yeah. commercial? I mean, or I'd is like it your personality? It, yeah, I'd like to use it as like comedy, just like observations or something yeah. like humorous just observations. Be funny on Twitter, you know, one hundred forty characters, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I feel like I'm too long-winded. I just can't, like, I can't think of a way to express yeah, it depends something on the person. funny in that. Yeah, it all depends on the, the person, you know. Some people are, yeah, definitely a longer form, story-driven, you know, in context. You know, being able to put the context in there in that short span, that's tough. Yeah. My dad, uh... Did five minutes last night. Really? First time ever he tried comedy. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Is it something he's always wanted to do, or I don't know if it's something he's always wanted to do or not. But he came out. He came out to see me once or twice, and went to a show or two with me. And he's like, you know, I'm gonna try to huh. put together a little thing. Cool. That's really cool. That's kind of neat. But it sort of, you know, it made me realize, <laughs> in a way, because you know, just like your dad's kind of a older more boring or more yeah. exaggerated version of you or whatever uh-huh. you know so it's like the stuff he's telling the story and it's just dragging and uh, dragging yeah. you know and yeah. it's like for a for a payoff at the end that's moderately funny yeah. you know but but not worth you know three or four minutes of detail yeah to will get he, to this little bit he, of funny will stuff will take your criticism i think so not well but i mean but it made me realize you know like put that like i need to Take that same back advice. yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. And, and it's kind of cool, like getting to see a pic, like your future self up there, <laughs> in a way. And then, funny if like some of your stories are him, and he's there. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That's like why my wife she wouldn't let me do stand up. No, because all my shit is her, right? And me and her. Right. That's all like, right? You know, I'm, I would do a Louis C.K. style thing. Yeah. And she's like, "Don't, I don't want, I don't want you talking. I don't want to hear that." And my family and all that, so I never did because that's yeah. all I would do, and I would just be 
brutal. Like, I, because that's the only way it would work for me. I would anywhere in between. I would look. I'd be, I would know I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Justice. Or yeah. Pretty much. That's that's sort of what I do. Yeah. But Le- Le- fortunately, most of the time, Lisa's good with it. Her her only thing now is she doesn't like that my parents are supporting me in this yeah. particular case because they'll actually come to shows and stuff like that yeah. and then I'm telling some story sure, about yeah. how I'm doing whatever fucking her, her, her and yeah. my parents or right you know there. house yeah. when we were younger yeah yeah or this you know how I don't get stuff. sex okay. anymore this would you know, be the all exact this same of, stuff that yeah. I would be dealing with if I, that would be the same stuff I would be talking about and it would not fly with her right so. yeah at least it's okay with it you know cause I yeah, she's pretty cool about it, actually. Typically, cool. but she doesn't like she doesn't like being in the room with my parents. I can when, make, imagine if it's uncomfortable, stories. but allowing you to do it is too different. That's awesome. That's great. Like yesterday, when my parents were there, I was telling the story about stealing porn from our neighbors and jerking off on my parents' bed, and uh-huh. then leaving the tape in their VCR. Ah, you know, and, that's and, awesome. And the chaos yeah. that would right. ensue. Right. Right. Um, you it's know, with, cool. with, with my parents right. there. So. With them there, that's yeah. cool. And what's oh, cool about that, though, whatever. is that you get that out there, whatever the story is, say if it's with your wife and your parents are there, then it just knocks all barriers down. Yeah. So the next time you're together, I bet it's the opposite of awkward. It's probably just more like, ah, yeah, we say whatever. anything now. So yeah. you don't need to act like that. You don't need to promote. You don't need to be funnier. And yeah, so you don't need to be... Yeah, I, I, I bet it would not break more barriers, knock more barriers down than build. Yeah. And for cool. me, although she she gets mad though, she yeah, you know she yeah. told me she's like, it's like you don't have any boundaries, right, right. You know, and that's not right. I'm like, yeah. why not? <laughs> like, what's wrong with yeah, that? No, you know? in that profession, that's the whole fucking point. Is that you have to if it's you, if that's right. your nature, if you're doing it, it's so see through when someone's just doing it for attention. You know, yeah. or trying to use it as an angle, their thing. But no, if it's you, that's the perfect, that's the only venue. And you might need to do that. Like, it'd be the thing you need to do, or, you know? Especially, yeah. It's a little bit cathartic, I think. Sure. I, I guarantee you. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's fun. All right. Wrap it up. Move on. I put a, about six creamers in each cup of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Half and half. I don't even normally drink that stuff, but I had to. Yeah, um, I was like, situation like this, you know, and I'm sitting, have a Coke or a water or whatever. I'm drinking like a diner. Maybe with a friend of mine. Hey man, don't you really like coffee? You know, right, right. You aren't you a coffee get guy? Get a cup of coffee. You aren't know? you gonna get the coffee? Like, no, I really like coffee. That's why I'm not, not drinking any coffee. coffee here. That's funny, <laughs> right? I no, I actually <laughs> know a lot about it and really yeah. dig it, and it's my thing. That's why I'm not doing it here, right? Yeah. Like, like we go into a, it'd be like going to Lake Erie on a flat day, and you're with a pro surfer, and everyone's staring at him and be like, "Dude, yeah, why aren't, aren't you, you surfing? Ride? I thought you a surfer." Like, yeah, I'm really fucking good at surfing and you know what <laughs> that's why I'm not doing it because right. this is not surf this is not <laughs> that's it's like funny. it's good to see there's some other good stuff coming though like Rising Star Open we were just talking about the other day 
rising star up and down there. And it seems like people like the coffee culture, maybe quality, something. It's just picking up a little, pick, picking up a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So that's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if these little businesses can can get some audience, some some business. I know it's got to be tough with competition. Like I look at the root. The only reason I know anything about it is from the leaf market is right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and now there's a Quaker steak right next door. Yeah. And that place is so gauche. It's so disgusting. I've never seen anything that is so unappealing to me. The sign alone. I want it. I would eat it. Like, <laughs> I hate it so much I would just digest it. That's, <laughs> I think that's how you get rid of anger. It's yeah. through your digestion. Yeah, probably. It's like a, it's actually an Ayurvedic <laughs> idea that that's the best way to process anger is through your. Really? Yeah. So you build a cloud bubble of your anger in your mind, like push it out over your body, and then just push it down over your stomach, and then up and out through the stomach. That's the channel that it's supposed to cleanse or whatever. Okay. And I would literally like eat the yeah, their their, their signage. That's <laughs> how much I. It's so gross. And then it was so funny because we just pulled in and it's packed. We went to the market and I'm like, look at that. It is packed, packed, packed. You go to the market and it's just like, I I have a feeling though, like, I can't say for sure, but I don't think they're the same people that are hanging out at the root that are hanging out at Quaker Steak. Oh, no, not at all. I know. I'm just saying, but. But the yeah, it, it's, it's weird language gross. too, like that because it Why? seems yeah. like I'm surprised they even let it in there. For a while, they seem very independent-minded, and and now like now, you're starting to see more of the box dollar speak, places man. Money's going speak. up. Money is the shit. They gotta pay for shit. Yeah, but it's weird. Like Seattle, I don't know if this is still true of Seattle, but I remember years ago anyway. Seattle was like pretty adamant about keeping big box stores out. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though that's where Starbucks came from, that's where Microsoft comes right. from, or whatever. But if you look, like in the you know in the city, like it's very, it was anyway. I haven't been there for years, but yeah. it was very sort of independent, you mm-hmm. know. And so it's possible to like keep that kind of vibe or attitude or whatever without, uh, you know, and still do well. I mean, because you're still going to have, I don't know. I mean, the money, you know, it's great for. A Walmart to come in and give you some cash for some property or, or whatever. But that's not what you, that's not what yeah, you need for an area like Lakewood to right. thrive. Right. You know, you need all the local independent businesses that are going to like be bolstering each other and yeah. You know, sort of like and and experts too. I think the 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 level of knowledge, you know, at a lot of these places now, like you can't go into a big place like a Walmart or a Best Buy and and really have people that. Are that good at what they do? Do or you don't have high expectations for what you're buying. That's the other thing, like, I guess, with the coffee culture, it probably has a bad rep for being just so arrogant. You can't even walk in and order a coffee because they're going <laughs> to smite you. I mean, I literally had a woman. We were in Cupertino, California, when we uh-huh. lived there. And there was a coffee shop there, and I ordered a, a double espresso and um, to go. And she told me no. And I said, "What?" And she said, "I will not sell it to you to go because I can only give it to you in a paper cup then, and it will not pour espresso into paper." 
And I was just like, what? <laughs> what? You're saying no? No. Just no. You won't yeah, do it. You won't. I'm not making you drink it, lady. It's my... You know, I'm just, <laughs> she's like, but I'm making it. And I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm like, all right. Put it in a cup. This better be... This better blow my mind. Did you it? Know? No. I, I, okay. I didn't even know. I just... Yeah. I wouldn't have known anyways. You know? <laughs> I had the same same thing happen. It was out west, too, where I, like, you know, I went somewhere, ordered an espresso to go. They're like, gave me a funny look, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, you know, you really probably want to drink it, like, pretty quickly. Yeah. Out of when it comes, there's no real point in putting it in a go cup. Why yeah. don't I just put it in, yeah. you know, ceramic cup? You could drink it here at the counter. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, exactly what she's, she's oh, like. Okay. She's like, you don't even understand why you're ordering an espresso. She's like. I put this in paper, and all the essential oils are going to go right into the paper, and then it's going to ruin the flavor, and you're not going to get anything out of it. I'm just like, wow, lady, I actually just wanted to jolt, like, yeah. for fun. I just like it. It's a fun experience. I don't, I wouldn't have, I don't have the words to even describe all that shit you're talking about, so it doesn't even exist in my reality. <laughs> you don't have words for it. It doesn't yeah. exist. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. That's All right. it. I'll call this quits. And just like that, we're gone. Now then. If you have a defiant or oppositional teen in your care, I implore you to listen to this audio clip. If you have children in your care and want their minds to grow and flourish, I ask that you listen to this clip. Then do as other like-minded parents are doing and go to needhelpparenting.com. Hi, I'm James Lehman, creator of the Total Transformation Program, and here is this month's One Minute Transformation. Don't personalize things. Inappropriate behavior is not a personal attack upon you, even if it comes in that form. Understand that if a kid is calling you names, or if he's not doing his work, or if he's hitting a sibling, or if he's threatening to run away from home, or he's not doing his tasks, whatever it is that he's not doing, don't take it personally. You know, many parents make two mistakes and one is they take that behavior personally as if he's got a problem with me or there's something wrong that I'm doing and it's not what's wrong is is that he hasn't learned how to solve basic behavior problems he hasn't learned how to respond to authority or get his chores done you know it's not a personal attack on you these kids may call you as a parent as their father or mother they may call you names but that's even that's not a personal attack on you again that's there to push your buttons that's there to strike out at you but it's not a personal attack you know don't don't take it personally on you. It's just a kid striking out. Believe me, if you weren't there and the teacher was or another kid was, they'd get the same behavior. If they pushed his button, they'd get the same response. I hope you found this month's One Minute Transformation to be helpful. You can get help for the full range of child behavioral problems and a step-by-step -step plan for changing your child's behavior in the total transformation. I'll help you stop the defiance, screaming, and disrespect and help you bring peace and sanity back into your home. To learn more about the total transformation, please go to needhelpparenting.com.